Well, happy summer. The heat has been brought, especially yesterday. Whew. Who has air conditioning in their homes? I'm coming to your house. I'll be there today. It is a hot one, which is great. It's warmer than BC, so I'll take it over. Any of that that they're doing over there, I'll take the heat. So happy summer to you all. Glad you're here. We have air conditioning here. Maybe I'll just stay here during the summertime. But it's good to see everyone. Glad that uh, we're able to do this today. So I am really excited for today's message. So I'm just going to jump in. We're going to pray, and we're just going to kick off and go for it. God, thank you. God, thank you that um, this is your church here. God, thank you that we're people here that, um, that uh, worship you, that love you. And God, I just ask that you come today. Uh, we already know you're here. I felt you during, before worship, during worship. Jesus, we thank you for your presence today, God. And so today, God, I just ask that you just keep on, on loading up in here, Jesus. We just ask that you uh, speak to our hearts today, Jesus. If it's my words, great. If it's, no, it's not my words, God, I just ask that you take over <laughs> and just let your word be true today, Jesus. We give it to you in your name. Amen. 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 Well, today is the last day uh, for the series called The In-Between. It's all about transition, and I get to wrap it up. I was able to start it, and I get to finish it. So that's my, that's what I enjoy to do. I like to open things up, and I like to tie it up with a bow. So hopefully it'll be a pretty bow, but uh, when it comes to Christmas gifts, Brad's usually the bow tire because I am a messy bow tire. So today, Jesus, let this bow be pretty. Um, Brad and I have been sharing about um, the transitional miracles, how God has been doing transitional miracles in, uh, in the word, but also in our lives. And that's what I'm believing for in this series, is that God is in our point A, he's in our in-between, and he's in our point B. God is through it all. Amen? We believe that. We've seen it. We're experiencing it. We can read about it. And so that's what I'm going to be amplifying a little bit more today, is that God is in all of it. So for those who are online, welcome. I didn't even say hi to you. Hello. I'm not ignoring you today, so I just want to say hi to them. As a church body, right now, you guys here and those online, we are in trans transition right now. Today, we are in transition because next week, we are not meeting here. There is a change happening. There is a, there is a shift happening. And so this is kind of a little bit of a vision cast of what church this summer is going to look like, but also I'm going to be speaking from Acts chapter 1 and 2. So if you guys have your Bibles today, get ready in those chapters. But today we are meeting in this space or online, but next week we are transitioning to evenings at 6 o'clock in people's homes. And next Sunday it's actually going to be at mine and Brad's house, as long as it doesn't rain. If it rains, we'll figure it out. might be here, but fingers crossed and believing God says he'll just separate the rain away from us. It'll rain around us, but we're going to meet in our backyard, bring your lawn chairs, but there's more that will be posted on social media when that happens, but it's going to be six o'clock at our house next Sunday, not here in the morning. Change. What's this talk about change? For those who are online, there will be a shortened message for you guys in the morning, on Sunday morning. We are going to record um, some devotional messages, which basically is going to be uh, what we're going to do in the evenings. We're going to dig into scripture online, and it's going to be short because we want to encourage those online to do it at home and spend time with Jesus. But for those who are going to be with us in person, it's going to be very much the similar thing, 
but together. So we're, you're not going to be missing out on much if you're not able to attend with us. So some would ask, what's all this talk about change? Right? Who loves change? Two, three, pe- four people. Five. Okay, number, it's like a this. <laughs> yep, what's all this talk about change? That's what I'm titling today's message. What's all this talk about change? And that's a good question. Right? That's a good question. Change can be good or it can be bad. Some change has probably been negative. Some change can be positive. But today's context is going to be positive. Today's topic is positive. And so here's a quick little story. Brad and I bought a house in May. Yeah. The original discussion for us <laughs> to, was to, yeah, now we're laughing. So let me just read my notes because I'm going to go, ugh, I'm going to go sidetracked. When Brad and I bought a house in May, the original discussion was for us to renovate the upstairs, and then we will renovate the basement while living in the upstairs. That was the original discussion. As time went on and the inspection happened, Brad and I had to then go back to the planning table and decide, first of all, is this the house for us? Which is a crazy story in itself, and I'm not going to share it right now, but that's a story in itself, knowing that God, yes, said this is our house. So we had to sit down and talk about the inspection report, first of all, and then what else needed to be changed for us to move on? Notice the word I said, change. So as days went on, we started then talking about the remodeling of the kitchen, removing the fireplace, taking down a wall, taking down that wall, creating a large greenhouse, and the list has been going on. And some people thrive in change. Bradley thrives in change. And I like to view myself down the middle, a very, very thin line down the middle. And the reason why I say it's thin is because I am visionary. So when I can see the possibilities in most things, that helps me adapt to change. In this one, it's a very, very thin line that I can tell you that Brad is adapting better than myself. I do not do well with house renovations. It's hard for me to see the end result, even though Pinterest is my best friend, and I show Brad my Pinterest ideas, and he goes, oh. I go, if it can look like this, I can adapt to change. But we'll maybe meet in the middle-ish. We'll see where we land. We'll see. But it can be hard for me to adapt to change when it comes to chaos, when what looks like chaos, when it looks like change, when it can be an interruption to life. Even though I know the outcome will be better, there are days when I say, did we have to change it? Did, we, did that just have to happen? So why can change be hard? Right? Some of us like change. There's some semi-hands going up. Why can change be hard? I believe change can be hard in any situation because we're giving up our control and what we are comfortable with. And with that, we're allowing something new, different, or unknown to take its place, right? Say it one more time. Change can be hard in any situation because we are giving up. We're giving up that control and what is comfortable to us. No longer sitting on the couch watching Gilmore Girls and Netflix in it. Instead, I have to get up and do chores, right? What can be comfortable to us with allowing something new or different or unknown to take its place? place. Jesus came and created change. People were drawn to him and some were angry about him. But the change Jesus brought was a redeeming change and a life change. 
And a few weeks ago, I focused on Acts chapter 3, and today it's going to be Acts 1 and 2. And we're going to be focusing on the day of Pentecost. So the apostles knew Jesus. They walked with him for three years. They were comfortable with him. They knew who Jesus was. They had him physically near him, and he was in control. He was driving driving the car. He knew the left and right and centers, and the apostles just hung on. They just said, yeah, we're going with you, Jesus. We're going. We're driving the bumpy road. We're with you. But the day came when Jesus ascended to heaven. But before he went, the apostles asked Jesus, And we read this in Acts chapter 1, verse 6. They asked him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? During those years of Jesus' ministry on earth, the disciples continually wondered about his kingdom. When would it come? We still wonder that today. When will it come, right? What would their roles look like? And he responds in verse 7. The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. And they are not for you to know. They're not for me to know. They're not for us to know. But you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus' response started to come true within the first eight chapters of Acts. For those who like to read all together, you can read the first, cha- first eight chapters. And we see here that the apostles wanted the plan for the future. Who wants a plan for their future? You want those hands up. You know you do, right? We want to know what's coming. We want to plan. We want to prepare. The, the apostles wanted the same. They wanted to know what changes could they be prepared for. I know that I want to know the future plans. (laughs) I would love to know, back to the house, I would love to know the outcome of what our house is going to look like. Even though Brad and Ben, who's been an awesome helping at our house, they are confident in the results. Confident. But Jesus is confident in his end results. In 1 Corinthians 15, 57, it says, Thanks to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the end result. So we just have to keep on doing what Jesus asked us to do because we don't know the time or the day, but let's just follow him and trust in him until he says it's the time and the day. But Jesus did not focus on the details. He did not say, I'm going to let you know the time. I'm going to let you know the plan. But instead he said, let's focus. Let's focus Jesus focused on the Holy Spirit that would come upon the apostles, that would help them through the change. He was calling them to be witnesses, sharing the gospel of Jesus everywhere. So in Acts 2, in in verse 1, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Now this here, Jesus had planned out. He had all of this ready. There is significance to this time. The word Pentecost comes from the Greek word, the Greek word Pentecosti, which means 50 or 50th. It refers to the Jewish festival celebrated 50 days after the Passover. Jesus planned the time of his death in the time of his, of his resurrection. 
50 days after Jesus rose again, the festival of the first harvest of Pentecost or the Pentecost was here. When we, when it, no, I'm going off. When it says the festival of the first harvest, think of when Jesus says the harvest is ready. The harvest is ready. It was time of thanksgiving for the harvested crops and the celebrating of God saving the Israelites from, sa- from slavery, which, was, which we could read about in Exodus. After Jesus was risen again and ascended to heaven, the Gospels talk about the Jewish people who were there in Jerusalem for the festival. This is Jesus taking care of the timing. He had it all planned out. He had it all planned out. This is where we start to understand that Jesus doesn't want us getting caught up in the change, the time, or the how. In Hebrews 12, it says we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. By keeping our eyes on Jesus, we don't get caught up in the change. We just trust Jesus in the change. Jesus told the apostles that they will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon them. They will be his witnesses, telling people about him everywhere, including Jerusalem. So we're going to read from Acts chapter 2, verse 2. And the apostles were in Jerusalem waiting in the upper room for the Holy Spirit. And 10 days later, this is what it says. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. I love windstorms. Can you imagine that in a room? in a room, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them his ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. Again, the timing of this. These people showed up. These devout Jews showed up at the house where the apostles were because they, were, they heard a commotion. Who's ever had a party next door to your house? And you go, oh, will you just be quiet? Maybe some of us. Okay, BC, we live really close to next door neighbors, and there's parties, and you just want to call the cops on them to tell them to go be quiet. But these people, instead of them calling the, the officials or whoever, they got up and they went to where the commotion was. They heard it. They heard the loud noises in the different languages loudly being spoken. And the people thought they were drunk first thing in the morning. Now, I'm saying that's probably not really weird these days. But then, first thing in the morning, right? And Peter took the opportunity. He saw the people coming out of confusion, going, will you guys just be quiet? You guys are so loud. You guys are just drunk. And Peter took that opportunity, filled with God's Holy Spirit. He boldly preached. And in verse 41, it says, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, 3,000 in all. One morning, mic drop. Thanks, Peter. Right? 3,000 people. When it says baptized, my brain goes to 3,000 people. How do you baptize 3,000 people? Where did they go? And this is just Caitlin thinking, I bet they were like, who has a bathtub? Who has a wash basin? Okay, you group of people, go with them. You group of people, go with them. Who wants to go down to the river? Who wants to go to the stream? Okay, you go with them. You will go with them. And off they went and they start baptizing people. 3,000 in all. 
Imagine waking up in the morning and your neighbors are being loud. We've had that in Prince George, and it frustrates you. But instead of us, we could have done this, Brad. We missed it. We could have got up and said, hi, guys. Jesus loves you. And we called the cops. <laughs> Sorry, if you're watching online and you are a neighbor, Jesus loves you. <laughs> but they showed up. They showed up. And Peter took the opportunity. It wasn't Peter. It was the Holy Spirit working through Peter. Because before Peter had the Holy Spirit in him, he was a, he was a, I, lo- I love the Bible, but he was oddball. He was a bit, he, he, he couldn't have done it without Jesus, put it that way, right? And the day that when the Holy Spirit came upon him, he was empowered. He was inspired. He was brave. He was bold. And that wasn't Peter. That was the Holy Spirit giving that to him. And Jesus said before he went to heaven, that they will be witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Jerusalem just got their box checked, right? 3,000 people, I'm not saying the job was done, but it begun. From there, the apostles were sharing the good news of Jesus, the Savior as the Messiah, the Messiah. And in Acts 8, it tells us that persecution broke out all through the nation. It broke out because the religious leaders did not have control. They did not like the change and they did not like the message that was being proclaimed who Jesus was. So with that, believers, Christ's followers, were scattered throughout the regions and they went to Judea and Samaria and they continued to witness sharing Jesus. This then fulfills the second part of Jesus' command. In Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, it started to happen. Throughout Judea and Samaria. It happened within those eight chapters of Acts. Today, church, I believe we are in the days of the third part of Jesus' command. To be his witnesses to tell people about Jesus everywhere and to the ends of the earth. That's us. That's us. So what's all this talk about change? Man, if Jesus was around, I'd be like, Jesus, what's all this talk about change? That's what I'd probably say to him, and he would look at me. I'd be like, I'm sorry. I'll follow, I'll follow. Luke wrote the events of Acts. That was the whole lot of change because on how things were originally done, and now people are spreading out and following and the leading of the Holy Spirit. It was very different from the days of the Old Testament, all because of Jesus. He radically changed lives then and still is today. With all that change, that takes us to 1 Corinthians. In chapter 6, verse 19, Paul says, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. Sounds a little bit weird. You do not belong to yourself, but I'm going to touch on this. Paul is saying that we are God's temple. In Exodus, scriptures tell us that all of Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord had descended on it with a form of fire, a pillar of fire, God's presence. 
In Numbers, it tells us that when the tabernacle was set up, the cloud that covered the tabernacle looked like a pillar of fire. God's glory and power was so strong, and because God is completely holy, the people could not come to him at that time. Today, though, we are invited to approach God because of what Jesus has done. The veil has been torn. Jesus opened the way for us to come to God fully. Today, right now, he's like, God, here I am. I don't have to sacrifice anything left, right, or center of me. God, here we are because of what Jesus has done. God now dwells within us with his Holy Spirit. Those who believe in Jesus and choose to follow him, you have his Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that was at the time of creation, it was at the time where Jesus came back to life. It was at the time of Pentecost. We have that Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit, guiding us and leading us today. Isn't that awesome? That is something that we can, we can rest assured in. right? If we wonder who is the Holy Spirit, read the word. Especially just Acts. It shows where, where the where God came in a powerful way and started to dwell. With the, in the Old Testament, when, the, when the, the pillars of fire were in those areas, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit, came the evening of Pentecost, or the morning of Pentecost, and came on each believer with flames of fire. We are now God's temple. We now commune with him, just like this. Next week, we begin something new as we change things up. It's all this talk about change. Let's remember the message that Jesus brought, the command he commissioned us to be his witnesses to people, to the ends of the earth, until he chooses the time, until he chooses the day. This summer is not a break, but have your holidays have your vacations, hang out with your friends and family, eat all the junk food and all the s'mores you want. Not as much as you want, but so you don't get, just don't go the limit where you're sick. But enjoy your summer. But the church is not on a break because the church is people. We are the church. Just because the office may be closed here and there doesn't mean church is canceled and that we're on a break. Make sense? We are still the church. This summer, we are going to do a change. We're stepping out of this building and being the church and going into our community and into our neighborhoods. This summer, we're not going to be meeting here on a Sunday morning. We're not going to be meeting here. But church is still happening. A gathering of people is still happening. And that is going to be in the evenings at 6 o'clock at different locations. And when you leave today, you're going to get a card. And you're going to see the addresses of where we're heading. And so you know where to go. And if you get lost, text me. And I'll say, I'm sorry. I'm new here. I don't know where you're going. Ask Paula. Ask Ray. Ask, ask Joey and Angela. I can't help you. But I'll meet you there. I'll be you there. Let's have a race. Because I'm lost too. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Church is not canceled. We'll get there. It's going to be fun. So this church, here's, here's the two reasons why we change the time. Here's, here's two reasons, and I want to simplify. Reason number one, it's summer. We all love summer. If you don't like summer, well, you're weird. We all love summer, okay? We just came out of pandemic. True story? Borders are open. 
enjoy it. Okay, enjoy it. We know people are traveling. I would like to travel, maybe, if I could figure out a campsite. I would like to go somewhere too. But with church being in the evenings, this allows for people to come back in the afternoon or something and still attend if they choose. So it gives that flexibility. And number two, for those who do not come to church ever, could care less about this place, why would they get up early in the morning on the summer during the weekend to come to a place they don't know what is about? Right? Instead, it's easier to invite someone who may not have any idea what, about church, but they enjoy a barbecue, or they enjoy a bonfire, or they enjoy just, hey, I want to play some volleyball with some new people, right? That's why the time change. It is easier to invite someone during the summer to an evening together than something earlier on the weekend, right? True story. It is true. So let's ask ourselves with that, who's our one? Who's our one person that we can invite this summer? I'm not saying 12. I'm not saying two. Who's your one? And if they say no, that's fine. Take them out for coffee and hang out with them that way. But who's your one? Who's your one? We want to be people thinking of those far from Jesus and not necessarily on something we do because that's how we've always done it. Let's not get caught in that. Let's not get caught, this is what we've always done, so we need to keep doing it. Let's not get caught in that. I believe there is a movement coming, church, and it's going to look different. It's going to look different. This fall, I say, yeah, we're coming back. If Jesus says, don't come back, please don't go away, <laughs> church. Follow. Let's be obedient to what the Holy Spirit says, okay? Take, read Acts, see how they started. And I'm not saying let's go back to be the church of Acts, unless Jesus says so, I have no idea. But right now, let's try this. Let's see what happens, because we need to reach people. We need to go beyond our comfort zone to reach people. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus came. He didn't come to do what's comfortable in what the temple is already going on, and he goes there and drinks his coffee, which great coffee, by the way. I'm just saying, he goes out, and he went to where the people were. He went to the people. So let's do that. Let's do that. Jesus was a radical leader, sharing love, compassion, and grace. He did that by going to the people. We can do that. And summer season is perfect for it. So our evenings together, this is what it's going to look like, because some questions have come up. What are we doing? I said, good question. I'll let you know. I go to Brad. What are we doing? I don't know. Good question. Let's pray. Okay. Next day. I think this is what we're doing, but we're going to be flexible. <laughs> and that's okay. So this is what we're going to do. I believe what we're going to do. We're going to eat food. Please bring food so we can eat it. If you don't bring it, we don't eat. So just bring food. Bring food. And it doesn't need to be meals. Bring snacks. Bring goodness. Bring your favorite thing. All right? Bring food. Everything happens around food. Let's play games. If you got yard stuff, bring them. Let's hang out. Let's have fun. Let's do life together. Fun is part of that. All right? So bring that. We're going to worship Jesus together. I'm not going to bring my guitar because I don't know how to play, but Brad will. And he's going to sing, and I will sing quietly because I'll be distracting if I sing louder. But we're going to worship Jesus together. All right? We're going to do this. And this is going to be one of my favorite parts, is that we're going to break it right down to reading the word together. 
and we're going to read it a few times, the same stuff over and over again, and then we're going to dissect it together. And this isn't a, oh, you got that wrong. Oh, oh, that's not what this is. It's literally, what is Jesus saying to you personally? And we're going to open that up. It's going to be real and authentic. I don't want, I'm not going to teach anything. Brad's not going to teach anything. This is, we're just going right down to basics. And then we're going to pray together. This is the time where we can gather around people through sorrow and celebration. And we're going to be life together with people because that's what Jesus did. He went to the people and he did life with people. So let's do our best to do that. Is that okay, church? Is that okay? Awesome. We are going to be the beautiful mess together. Right? If you missed that series, go listen to it. I will too. The beautiful mess together. Let's do it. We're going to grab a hold of this change while keeping our focus on Jesus and letting Jesus take care of the details. Letting him take care of it. He brought the 3,000 people. Peter didn't. The believers didn't. They're just loud. So maybe that's the answer. So when we come to my house and Ray and Sarah's and Kimberly and John's and uh, Lori and Ben's, I know there's more, uh, Angie and Angela and Joey, and there's more, we just need to be loud and ask the Holy Spirit to do his thing. He brought the 3,000 people to the house, not the apostles. It was through the Holy Spirit and what Peter spoke, and that was where people experienced life change. Simple. So we just have faith for it. Let's believe for it. Church, can we stand? And I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. We're going to end with a song. But this song isn't just for us to sing along. It's for us. When Jesus said, for us to be witnesses, for us to go, for us to tell people about Jesus everywhere, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Today, church, and those online, right now, you're being commissioned. You're being commissioned. Today, you're going to say, God, I am freaked out. This is uncomfortable. This is not what I've done. So that's my prayer. <laughs> that's me during the week going, oh, God. Just being real. But this is us saying, Jesus, have your way, be in this change, and do your thing. So we're going to sing this song because God is an awesome God, and he's going to take care of us. He's going to take care through all of it. And church, let's sing it. Let's proclaim it. Let's do it. And then next week, we will not see you here in the morning. We will see you, I was going to say tomorrow night. Don't come tomorrow night. We'll see you Sunday night, 6 o'clock. Here we go.